Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. He's hearing it from the fans again. This is what the NHL wanted to avoid when they offered $1 million to to the winner. (laughs) You know, Nikita makes 9.5 a year. And there's a nice little wave to the crowd. Clearly not his jam. Clearly not Nikita Kucherov's uh, idea of a good time is showcasing his skills. Uh, So I don't know why he agreed to take part in the uh, skill showcase of the NHL All-Star Weekend. But that's where we are at. That's the reality that we live in. This is Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer here with you. Special guest Josiah Leroy here with you guys as well as the NHL All-Star Game. All-Star Game is taking place. The Pro Bowl is taking place. Just what a great time for games that don't matter, that players don't want to try at. This is the greatest week of sports history. I'll tell you that, everyone. I was going to insert a Sabres joke there, but I didn't want to be any lower on them than I already am. So... I mean, let's do it. Let's rip the Band-Aid off here. Do it. No, you just, Kermit meme. Do it. I was going to say players who aren't trying. That's not fair. This team's yeah, no, trying. The, 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 the players are trying. Yeah, so, so it wouldn't have it wouldn't have it, totally. it would have been inaccurate. Okay. For sure. You're, it it was been, my natural instinct. And it it would have been as accurate as Puxistani Phil. Okay. I get it. Who? We'll get to that later. That is a gopher. We'll get to that later. All right. We'll get to that later. But uh, this, is, uh, this is more about the Sabres. And to me... It's at the All-Star break. They're not where they wanted to be. They're not where they're supposed to be, I think, in their in terms of their progression. You're looking at a team that is sixth in the division. 22, 23, and 4. So, like, they're kind of... I'm not going to say they're on a similar projection than they were last year, but it's close. And they ended up going on a tear to end the season. The only difference now is, is that everyone else is getting points. They're 10 points out of fifth. In the Atlantic, which fifth place in the Atlantic is good enough for a wild card spot, but that's 10 points. That's a lot. And one of those teams is just the bane of all evil in the Toronto Maple Leafs this year. Who has only three wins more than the Sabres, but they lose in the way that rewards them in the NHL. they, They also win in the ways that reward them as well. The Sabres, you just mentioned, they have three less wins total than the Toronto Maple Leafs. They also have four more wins in regulation and in regulation than Toronto has. Four more. Isn't that crazy? It's stupid. Think about that. The the Leafs are point merchants. Yeah. 
They garner all these loser points. The problem is, so does Boston. They have nine regulation losses, nine overtime losses. Listen, I, I'm not going to say And the problem is, when you have these overtime losses, it boosts the rest of the league. And the Sabres are not good at getting to overtime. They are not good at winning in overtime if it happens. You want to know why? The Sabres have only two wins in overtime out of six. They're two and four, and that includes one shootout loss. They've only been to the shootout once this year. Not a lot of teams have been to a bunch of shootouts this year, but they've lost their only opportunity in a shootout. There's only one other team like that, and that's Winnipeg, that lost their only shootout opportunity. Oh, sorry, New Jersey. So there's two other teams like that. Vancouver's lost two shootouts. Calgary's lost four. But they've been there four different times. Calgary losing in the shootouts as many times as Buffalo's gone to overtime or lost in overtime or a shootout. Like, it's just, you got to be able to collect points. And they're not doing a great job of that. It's either all or nothing with this team. And sometimes the nothing is bad. When they lose, sometimes they lose bad. Lately, they haven't done that. Lately, it has been close losses. Lately, it has been kind of getting back on track in a sense. They are, as Paul Hamilton had pointed out the last time that we spoke with him, they were on a projection over the last, over this past month of being a playoff team. So it seems like they're kind of finding their groove. The problem is they were finding their groove with Jack Quinn back in the lineup. And Jack Quinn in that last game against the, against the Sharks, he goes out with an injury. He has surgery. He's going to be out for most of the rest of the season. And that stings because that's a player that had transformed your line of Cousins, Paterka, and Quinn back into what it was a year ago and gave the Sabres another viable threat to be able to deal with better matchups. Don Granado says it on the morning show with Jeremy and Joe all the time that if you have a third line like that that can challenge a defensive third pairing, that's a big deal. It's a matchup nightmare. It's something that he acknowledges that third pairings are typically bad when it comes to that. And if you've got a deep forward core that is able to challenge a third pairing, let's look at it from Buffalo's side. Are are you scared of a team that has depth when you have to trot out Clifton and Johnson together? Yes, I'm terrified of that. Because I have to deal with Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson defending against a team that has three scoring lines. Terrified of that. Nightmare fuel. Depth has been their issue for a long time, right? If Go back to, they, they've had some high end talent. If you even talk about Jack Eichel and Ryan O'Reilly and even Vander Kane to a, a point there, uh, they had nothing past that, really. So last year they established a relatively strong or at least a high potential top nine or even at the very least a better middle six. You have that. Jack Quinn, you know, has surgery over the summer. That that's a little bit of a, a disappointment. And we saw how much they missed him. I had assumed really that Dylan Cousins was the driver of that line most of last year. With Jack Quinn not being there, look what happened to the really the entire lineup. Mama's wrong again. Yeah. 
And I mean, JJ has ended a, a very good season. He's taken that next step for what I would hope to see from him. Um, gone, he went a little bit cold there in the middle. But this team is different with Jack Quinn in the lineup. So to see him out for what eight weeks here, right? Yeah, that's going to take us basically to the end of the season. And uh, I mean, it's February already, so they're they're ten points out. Is it going to matter even if he gets back in time? I'm going to say probably not. No, this is unfortunately a lost season for them, and I'm not going to say a wasted season, but it's definitely a lost one. You do have three players that are kind of performing at or above projections. Uh, Casey Middlestat leads this team with 42 points. There is a decision to make on him, but he's a pending restricted free agent. You still have control. J.J. Paterka, we were just mentioning, he has taken that next step, and I would say he's probably one of the few players that you can really look at and go, okay, that's someone that's playing above or at what we were hoping for this year. Uh, Middlestat was Middlestat's been Middlestat, forty-two points, forty-nine games, pretty consistent overall. The other is Ukopakalukinen, the player none of us really expected to be someone to step up as goalie one on this roster, and all of a sudden, hey, look at that! That's a third player you can go ahead and hang your hat on this year and go, okay, not everything's lost. It has been a disappointment. It has been a failure, even in some ways, a failure to launch. And I do think that that has something to say about Kevin Adams. The GM has been oftentimes, I don't want to say scared. That's not a characteristic you should have as a general manager. And I don't think he is. It's just he is sometimes a little more precautious with his handling of the roster, whether it's having too many defensemen on here or carrying three goalies for the longest time for the latter part of two years now. It seems like... the. He doesn't like to have to make the tough decisions. He wants to value having people here that want to be here, and I understand that. But sometimes you're not going to have room for everybody. And that included Eric Comrie, who had been sent back down to Rochester and to the point where he didn't trust him to play one game. Levi gets sent down to Rochester, plays plays for the Amherst for a night, and then gets called right back up. That tells you they don't trust Eric Comrie to do anything at this team anymore. And at that point, I would find a way to waive him. And not just waive him, but like tell him not to report to Rochester, give him an opportunity to play somewhere else if there's going to be NHL minutes involved. But now they're finally realizing, yeah, we're going to have the youngest uh, goalie tandem in the league, but we can't be scared of that anymore. And it has been Ukopekalukanen's net, and he's earned it. And I'm so happy that he has, but it also shows a failure of vision. You expected a college kid to come in here and play over his head, and that hasn't happened. And now you're going ahead, and I'm not going to say it's you're paying the price for it, but he hasn't been as you'd hoped. And that's the part that's tough. And I'm okay with that, you know, to a degree. Obviously, going into this season, I think they needed to – it's easy in hindsight now to say they, they should have had a better plan, right? But I'm okay with some of the stumbles for Levi because I still ultimately think he's there. He's at least part of a tandem, if not your number one guy. I mean, goodness gracious, we're even talking about him being in the Olympics possibly in a few years. Awesome. Uh, but UPL has been a really pleasant surprise for me. He seems to really get in a groove when he starts more. And it's funny because in this day and age in the NHL, you have your your tandems, right? You, you think of Olmark and Swayman as the, the best example of that. Two guys who give you a chance to, to win every single night at, at a high level. Two top 10 goalies. Um, maybe they have that one day. But right now, UPL does better 
when he plays a little bit more old school, like a goalie who might play 60, 65 games a year. So it's kind of interesting to see how that has panned out. But I'm really happy to see he seems like he's in a good spot mentally, and he has given them a better chance to win. And I believe still to this day, um, or at least as of last week, if you go back to December 3rd, the Sabres were third in the league in goals against average in that in that time. So they're not scoring as much as they need to, but hey, that, that that's one thing to hang your hat on here. It hurts because you think about it and go, if we got this year's goaltending injected into the last year's team, they're not even the eighth seed. They're probably playing someone else, not Boston. Like It's not just, oh, you made the playoffs by one point. No, you're probably making it, well, a little more comfortably, I should say. They're probably top three in their division. I, I would say they're they're challenging probably Tampa for number three. I agree. Absolutely. But so that would mean you're playing Toronto. Give me that series all day, baby. Toronto, for some reason, is cursed against us. Like, give me that playoff matchup. If, obviously, last year and hypothetically speaking, of course, I'm a sad panda. But how fun would that be, though? Oh, my God, yes. Oh, and my god. Especially gosh. with Toronto's lack of track record against Buffalo. That's, that's the part that I. That's the part that's the dream. Knowing that they are not very good against the Sabers, no matter how good either of these teams are doing. The problem is we're now at basically a generation of Sabers fans, to a degree, have not seen playoff action. So yes. to get a series against the Toronto Maple Leafs, that would the, wake everyone right up. The Sabers elevate their game so much, and to create that rivalry again, sign me up all day. So now, now comes the question of what what do we have to do? And here's the thing. Paul Hamilton said this with me the last time he was on Sports Talk Saturday, and I agree with this 100%. You can't fire anyone yet. Yet. You have to give Kevin Adams an offseason to rectify the the inaction overall and let him have a chance to swing and get somebody. Get an upgrade for this roster. Because every time that you've seen him make a trade, it has often been times either a low piece or a sell. He grabbed Jordan Greenway for pennies, and that's great. He's been a nice roster addition for uh, for the price, and I do like having him there as my as a as a middle six guy. But that's it when it comes to ads, like that's the list. Other than that, it's been what signing Eric Comrie and Eric Johnson Clifton. and Connor Clifton, and oh yeah, he signed Taylor Hall and Eric Stahl. Different time, for what it's worth. Keep Kevin away from the free agents. Uh, <laughs> For but, sure, for sure, and then Jack Eichel's here. There's a little urgency to get that done, right? Like to, yes. to get a, a, some sort of. And there was of, the connection with the coach for Taylor Hall, uh, and it made sense at the time. I'm fine with that. All of those swings and misses there. Yes, they made sense. But it's also make a swing in a trade to get a roster upgrade. The last time you actually went and grabbed a significant player was Jeff Skinner for an acquisition. Like yeah, the Ryan O'Reilly trade yielded Tage, but like when it comes to acquisitions for the strict purpose of adding to this team and upgrading it, I'm pretty sure it's Jeff Skinner. The you, last time that you saw the Sabres really so, sought out a player to actually acquire to better the team for in a trade. I think that's fair. I think you, you could make the argument with Tuck, even though Eichel's the best player in that deal, right? He is. But, no, that's that's a you're trading the best player. You're hoping that the return can be matched. Tuck has done his part, but Krebs hasn't. Krebs has not. He's been a train wreck this year. He's been. It's not that he's a train wreck. He's also miscast. He's giving I, you nothing. He's giving you nothing, but that's also the role. He's not a winger. He can't play wing. It's not like they tried it. It's failed. That's okay. The problem is... Middlestat, Thompson, Cousins. 
But wouldn't you argue even last year? I mean, they had. It's funny to think now they had the best fourth line really in the NHL in some of those advanced metrics with Gergensen, Zoposo, and Krebs. I loved that role that he carved out for himself. We're not getting any of that this year. You're getting the defensive metric stills. You still are getting that side of the ice. The problem is, is when he's skating with the Gergensons, the Eric Robinsons, and the Kyle Posos of this team, that's not a lot of skill to pass to. That's not a lot of talent on your wings that you can utilize in an offensive role. So it's I'm looking at Peyton Krebs as almost this missed opportunity of a prospect that you've traded for. And the minute he plays for another team, he will flourish because he has the skill set to do so. He has embraced his role, which I am happy about, but I do think that he has been miscast. And that's not his fault. That I wouldn't even say is Don Granado's fault. It's he can't play wing. So where do, you, where do you see him, let's say, next year, right? Like, we assume we're not getting Gergensons and Oposo back. Maybe a few other of those bottom six guys that really just drag down the depth chart of this team. Let me answer that question with another question. What do you think this team does with Casey Middlestad? Again, pending RFA, you can get a lot for the player. But I am also of the like of, if you are still a developing team, you want to keep players that are in their mid-20s around well, I think there's two two options. I, I think we agree at this point, Mitzi is a guy we want on this roster moving forward, yes? Yes. Okay. Casey Millstat's a player you should be keeping. He's 25 years old. He is he very consistent play. for you at this point. And the thing is, is that the production's there now. It's matching now. These last two years, he's been very steady for you. He's on track for a career year. He's a beast on the puck and off the puck. He's the guy that you... It's better. It's turned out better than we thought it could, I think, after that first year. But he's also prone to some bad turnovers, particularly in his own end. He is. So there is this measuring stick you have to look at. You just saw Sean Monahan, a pending UFA, fetch you a first-round pick and a third. Absolute fleecing for Montreal, by the way. Sean Monahan is not the kind of player that Casey Middlestad is projecting to be. But you don't give up on players that are starting to show form. Winnipeg's all in. That's a different situation, too. Winnipeg's all in, but you can get a team desperate for a player like a Casey Middlestad, and the price gets driven up more because he's an RFA. But you need players back. That's the part that I'm talking about of grabbing a roster player and finding an upgrade. You're not going to get that at the trade deadline this year. The question is, what are you going to do with him? The decision has to be made now. Yeah, it's still RFA. He's still restricted free agent. But if you're going to trade him, it better not be for picks and prospects. It better be for something concrete that can, that can contribute to the NHL roster. That, to me, means if you're going to move Casey Middlestat, you better give me a defenseman that solidifies the top four of this team for years to come. Listen, no one's untouchable, right? I'm not trading Casey Middlestat at this point. I can see Adams doing one of two things. I can see doing the Sam Reinhart bridge deal, which kind of kept getting them, and it wasn't even bridge deal in some cases. It was just these one-year deals, really, that kept getting them in trouble. But And by the time it was too late, Reinhart was like, yeah, I'm done. And look what he's doing now in Florida. Um, on the flip side, I can see, as history may suggest, Adam's giving a longer-term deal, but I don't think there's a premium that you have to pay. Maybe it's somewhere in the ballpark of, I don't know, am I off base here? Four and a half to $5 million over five seasons. I think that's a very fair contract. You have Tage and, and a few others who are getting paid more, and I think you can't, you can't get into that neighborhood with what you're going to pay Casey Middlestat. They, they kind of set almost like an internal cap it 
if you will. Darlene's a unicorn, right? He's different. He's going to get paid as he, as he did. The market was going to dictate that yep. one no matter what. For sure. Owen Power, it, it makes sense. There's a there's a little bit of a bet on him. But Tage and Dylan, your top two centers getting $7 million a season. You know Casey's not coming near that. So I think if you, if you can get him anywhere for, for five, five and a half, I think he also takes that deal, by the way. So now you're going to get him well into probably you know his prime. He's, he's 25 now, so you get him until he, he's about 30, 31. That would be the deal that I would want as a Sabres fan for Casey Middlestad. Yeah, and that's a fair one because you're not tying too much into the forward core, into the center core. But then that, again, leaves the question of what are you doing with Peyton Krebs at that point? Is there a luxury good at this point? Uh, what are you doing with these other prospects? Like Matt Savoy is a center. Is he touching this roster? I don't know. Uh, Yuri Kulik, Isaac Ruzin. Those are players that you need to think about here as either future Sabres or pieces to use in an upgrade to make this roster better. And that is something I want to give Kevin Adams the opportunity to do. I'm not here for fire everyone. I'm not even here for fire Granado. Same. We need to see one more season of this duo before there's moves that have to be made because the constant firing is how you end up in a playoffless cycle for 13 years. There's something to be said for the continuity, and you don't just keep people to keep people. But exactly. I do think there is something to be said for Adams and Granado. They've shown enough of, I mean, granted, we're talking no playoffs and not close to the playoffs minus last year. So I get that. I don't want to lose in culture. But I do think they seem to have the right mentality and some of the right talent and have made some moves to suggest that they're capable of building a winner. It's not going to happen until it happens, yeah. right? Give but me, give I, me an off I don't want to exit those guys. Give I, me an offseason of Adams. Give me one more uh, shot for Granado here. Let's see how at least how the end of this season goes. But for me, I need to see Kevin Adams be able to rectify his inaction from this offseason. If we get this year again next year, I think it's time, right? Yes. Uh, but let me ask you this. So this year is probably a no playoff year. We yep. get to next year. And at the end of the season, they're, we get what we had prior, where they're just one point out, but they miss. What's, what's, your, what's your instinct? I'd have to see what the rest of the league looked like. Because if it's like this year where everyone's getting loser points or winning games in overtime against teams like Boston and Toronto uh, or the Islanders, then, yeah, I can look at that and go, okay, all you got to do next time is collect those points. The Islanders have lost in overtime 12 times, by the way. They also have a negative 23 goal differential. Barf. They have 14 regulation wins. Ottawa has more regulation wins than the New York Islanders, who are at 52 points. Six more than Buffalo. Life is not fair. It's not. It's so not. (laughs) All right. Well, I I, I think I'm ending it on that with the Sabres. Life is not fair. But um, at the same time, if anyone wants to talk Sabres, anything like that, 803-0551-888-552-550 as we get a chance to get connected to our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at northtownkia.com. You can talk Sabres. You can talk Bills. You could bring up anything like Bill in Old Forge on Sports Talk Saturday. Good afternoon, Bill. How you doing? Hey, guys. I hate to talk Bills because uh, I know we're still getting over that playoff loss, but I heard Diggs' latest quote, and I'm hoping as a fan, I'm hoping as a fan, that we are not going to be doing the Diggs watch all off season, just like we did last year. I was totally against what he did last year, just because of the way he pushed his way out of Minnesota. I hated what he did last off season, and it was almost like the season ended for him. It was almost karma. Um, I hope we're not doing the Diggs watch. I know a lot of fans last year gave him the benefit of the doubt because of uh, – 
whatever, they own his jersey or he had some, you know, he's a decent player and they like them or whatever. I was not one of those guys. I don't like players that rock the boat. I'm hoping we're not going to do the Diggs watch all off season. And if he does rock the boat, you know what? I'm hoping we can dump him this year. I know we're not going to be able to, but I don't want to hear it from him. In my opinion as a fan, he will always be remembered for the drop. I don't care what he did before that. That drop was huge in that game. And if you're getting paid that kind of money, I'm expecting you to make that catch. And he did not. And the greats do. He did not. And it's almost like he's not going to take responsibility for it. I'd like to hear him own it. And I haven't heard that from him yet. And even if he did, it wouldn't matter because he still dropped the ball. There's three guys I'm hoping won't be on this roster next year, and I know they will be because of finances, and it's Von Miller, Stefan Diggs, and Tyler Bass. I would love all three of those guys to be wiped off this roster, but I know I'm going to be unfortunate, and they will be here next, next season. Bill, I appreciate the call, and I appreciate one of those names on that list. Um, I, they desperately need to get out of the Von Miller contract, um, and they have to find a creative way to do that. And if only because also, um, I don't like the allegations that were planted against him because I don't like that kind of action from a person. And while I hope that he didn't do anything that he'd be found guilty of, still not a fan of that. It's grody behavior. I don't like it. It's gross. I don't like it. I am someone that wants to add to the wide receiver room. And I'm someone that wants to be able to keep talent within the Buffalo Bills offense. And yes, he dropped the football. But I'm going to get back to more of this about the offense and Stefan Diggs and those comments on the other side here and why we're not doing this next year, the all next offseason. And it has to do more with us than it does with him. That's coming up here on the other side on Sports Talk Saturday. You're listening to WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And even just the season, and it's total, like, the balance of it, you know what I'm saying, rolling with the punches, you know, uh, the first eight games and the last eight games or nine games or ten games, however you dice it. It's just it was a different picture, you know what I'm saying? It's something I had to get adjusted to, you know, as a teammate, just, just rolling with the punches, being the best teammate you could be, best player you could be, keep going from it. That was Stefan Diggs. The comments that are kind of making the rounds now. Uh, rolling with the punches, so to say, is the... Uh, it's as some of his comments at the Pro Bowl. And a headache for someone sitting in my chair. Because now we're going to have people calling about um, 
Diggs watch again. Like the last call in the last break, saying he doesn't want Diggs on the team anymore. And uh, I'm just going to say this. Um, Evan, do you have like anything like ominous you can play in the background? Because I think my bowels are just going to like have this terrible feeling about having to talk about this. And are, are we going to get sugar high, Derek? I don't know. Stay tuned. Look, let's be real about something here. The Buffalo Bills this season on offense weren't what I would call the smoothest engine here. You don't actually have to play the ominous music, Evan. I am just doing this as a bit. Uh, but the words that are going to come out are real. And this is simple. Stop trying to get rid of the good players. How many times at this station do we have to have this rant? I swear to God, too many, too many is already the answer. And the thing is this, the Bills had a problem this past season at wide receiver. You had one player every other game putting up donuts for you. Donuts are great for breakfast. They're not great for a stat line for a wide receiver. You want to subtract from that room the best player statistically, athletically, you want to take the best player out of that room? What are we looking at then? Wide receiver one, Khalil Shakir? Oh my God. Let's do this. This sounds like a great idea. Turn the music off. I... Stop trying to trade the good ones. Stop trying to push out the good ones. For the love of everything holy, we need to stop doing this as a fan base. I like my job. I want to keep coming back here every week. And if I get more people saying, oh, I don't want Stephon Diggs around this year. Look, the guy is what he is. Do you know how many wide receivers post cryptic messages? How many good wide receivers post cryptic messages? A lot. Too many. All the good ones do it. And it's okay. He does not have a contract that's very friendly to move away from the team this year. The Bills, already in a cap problem, would go into cap hell if they got rid of Stephon Diggs. That's the, that's the cold, hard truth and the facts. Okay? We're done. You're not getting rid of him. It's okay. Bill, deal with it. The easiest way for this is if Stephon Diggs says something during the offseason to kind of clear the air, like he did at the start of training camp this past year. So guess what? Ignore it. It's okay. Unless he blatantly says, I want out of here, we don't have to have a discussion about moving him. I honestly thought this thing was over as soon as he talked to training camp. It's never ending anymore because Stefan Diggs is, he's eclectic. He's a different kind of guy. And let guys be different. This show is different. It's every bit of the spirit that I like to imagine that I carry. It's different. Let people be different. Let people be cryptic. You don't have to read into everything. Not everything in life is a book. Stop reading. And if you're going to read, read on more than a third grade level about it. Well, here's the thing, Derek. I think with him in particular, so many people mistake what I would consider to be his passion, believe it or not, for the role that he plays and where he does it as a whiny superstar who just, you know, didn't things didn't go his way in some cases and then then he wants out. And I've always felt like he's never gotten that that fair shake uh for the better part of his career, definitely not in Buffalo. I just for me, I see someone who seems to care so much and by the way is a really good football player. Uh I 
I see someone like that, and I'm like, why Why do we want to eliminate this? We, we talk about it all the time and, and have in the past with the Sabres. I know Jeremy has always said it. Why do we give the grief to the good players? Why do we try to run Jack Eichel out of town, Ryan O'Reilly? Why do we blame the good players? Go back to Tim Connolly, right? Like, he's the scapegoat. Yeah, it's just like, a silly, silly every, conversation. Every single good play. Like, here's my thing. Ready? The Bills' weakness this year was wide receiver depth. Khalil Shakir did come on, and that's fantastic. And I love that that happened because I've been on the Shakir train the minute he was drafted. Zach Jones was like, hey, this guy is good. And I was like, I believe you. And that was it. Like, I was sold. When he's like, oh, my God, they got Khalil Shakir in the fifth round. And, like, I'm seeing draft Twitter blow up about it. I'm like, all right, I believe this. I believe these people. I like this. I'm sorry. You need more than Khalil Shakir in this wide receiver room. And right now, you have someone. You have Stephon Diggs. You have a great player. And if he's going to be cryptic, let him be cryptic. Let him be different. It's okay. So I'm going to tell this as a public service announcement to Bills fans because that caller did enough for me to have to have to say this. I have to grab my sword and shield out and on the front of it, it's going to say, I like Stefan Diggs. Deal with it. That's, the, that's what's on the shield. I like Stefan Diggs. Deal with it. And you know who else likes Stefan Diggs? Josh Allen. Josh Allen loves throwing to Stefan Diggs. So everyone, stop doing this. Stop even making this a thing. I don't want to make this a thing. Like I said, I like this job. I want to be able to come back here every week. But if you guys do this to me this year, I'm going to do I'm going to find my way to get fired. Like I just <laughs> cuz I I already quit last year, so me saying that, I can't like that's not a real threat anymore. Listen, don't do that. As long as there are <laughs> that's Buffalo not a real sports threat anymore. No one's going to believe that no. anymore. <laughs> As long as there are Buffalo sports, Buffalo athletes, especially superstar athletes, that conversation is always going to happen. And they're, they're going to be the minority and the loudest people in the room. And it's silly. It's and just I'm telling silly. those people they got to stop. They like, never will, is, though. The, they won't. You're right. But the problem is I do have a job to do. And that is to talk to people. And unfortunately, when that conversation steers that way, I've got to stop them. I'm not the hero that Gotham needs, nor I'm probably the hero that this place deserves. Uh, not even a hero, but like, I'm you, probably the person that we deserve as a fan base. But at the same time, like, I, I'm so sick of having this conversation about Stefan Diggs, and this is going to be year two of it all over again. Look, the guy takes it personal. And yeah, he didn't talk to the media after the game, but I can tell you right now. Our own Sal Capaccio had said it multiple times through social media or even on here. He was among the last to leave. He takes it hard when they lose. Derek, don't you want that? You in, want a player that best feels players. it. You want a player that feels it. You want a player that takes it personally when they lose. You want a player that recognizes that this team is in a window that needs to make it to the Super Bowl. I don't. I, I'm just sick of how the fans treat him because he's different. Let the guy be different. It's funny because a lot of fans will say like they want people who want to be here or who care. And I, you have that. You have that. It's just it didn't end well. You have a guy that loves having fun being here. Every time that the camera is on him, he is all smiles, hyping up, getting interactions with fans. He's a person Throwing passes to them every single game, by yes. the way, in pregame. Does that look like a guy that's sick of Buffalo to you? Does that look like a guy who wants to be out of here? No. You know, Derek, I'm going to Let give him a- be cryptic. Let him have fun with the media. Do- <laughs> Let me tell you something about media. We suck. Okay? We are awful. And when I say we, I say it as a collective. I don't mean like amongst my coworkers and my peers here at this station. I do mean media on the whole. 
I do think that that like all the sensational talk shows, the first takes, the uh, first things firsts, every show like that, they stink. Stop listening to them because they're going to say things for the sake of creating argument and contention. You need to stop listening to that. When Stephen A. goes on the air and says that Stefan, he's got a source saying Stefan Diggs wants out of here. No. The answer is no. And I'm sick. The players got to be sick of dealing with this. I want players like that. I want players who are passionate, who care, who stay in the locker room, who maybe are so upset, maybe are going to say something they don't want to say to the media so they don't talk to them. Now, ready? We talked about we bagged on Nikita Kucherov for having the personality of uh, saying to heck with this. I don't want to connect with the fans, and uh, I'm not going to try at the All Star Skill Competition. Stefan Diggs, for all we know, might be having fun with the media. We know players and coaches that are like that. Bill Belichick, for years, would torment media members. Nobody says a word about it. Marshawn Lynch famously would not talk to reporters after games, to hilarious degrees of fashion. Stop trying to break it down. Until he says he wants out of here, don't make an enemy out of a fabrication. It's as simple as that. I, for one, want good football players. I'm just going to... I want I want controversial, but I'm going to say that. And based on the screening here, I think Mike in Orchard Park agrees. Mike, welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. Hey, guys. How you doing? I... I'm on edge right now, man. <laughs> okay, well, you should, you should be because you're 100% correct with the media the reason that this country is the way it is is because of the media but we'll forget about that for now yeah i was gonna say that's a slippery slope (laughs) well it's a fact it's a fact uh but we'll start with i've been around a long time and i see the way it is and it's pretty disgusting but anyway stefan diggs does remarkable things for kids in the western new york area I have seen it firsthand. He goes to, uh, like, YMCA's and things like that. Gives kids that don't have anything food. Takes pictures with them. He is a remarkable guy. And for everyone to say what they say about him is completely wrong. I know that he has had he's had his issues. I know he's had his issues, but that doesn't make him a bad guy. Uh, and I hate the fact that so many. I hate the fact that so many uh, fans are like that with him. Mike, thank you. I appreciate those words, and everything you said is is it, it's like Sean McDermott's complimentary football. Uh, I set it up there for you, and you've put it, you've nailed it right on the head. Like he does a lot for this community. He does a lot for kids. He does a lot, even engaging before pregame with fans. So th- again, that doesn't sound like a guy that wants out of here until he explicitly says that he's just being that guy. So thank you, Mike. I appreciate that, and um, love the passion, Mike. Love the passion. Love that. Me. Like again. Let's stop trying to drive the good players out of Buffalo. Is there anything else you want in a superstar receiver? He takes care of the community. He takes care of the kids. Yeah. He's a good football player. Right. That checks he's got, off. He's got a personality. Oh, I was about to go to the other caller here uh, who, was, who was on hold, and he, uh, he had just left, unfortunately. So uh, by all means, uh, give a call back if you wish. 803-0551, 888 
<sighs> guys, guys, girls, and everything in between, we got to stop with this Stefan Diggs thing. I want to nip it in the bud before this, before this offseason becomes an arduous one. We have to stop. I have a responsibility here to try to stop that. Because, unfortunately for some people, it's like, <laughs> look, stop driving the good players out. The Bills need receivers. Stefan Diggs is a good receiver. And if I only had to say that in its simplistic form, that would be it. But he adds extra. He adds passion. He adds the competitiveness. He adds the willingness to sacrifice and to win. And he adds something to the community. So please let's stop doing this. He's not going anywhere and nor should he. And all those traits that you just mentioned, that's what I want in one of my team's leaders and one of my team's best players. I like my vocal cords. Don't make me yell. Don't make him yell, folks. Or do it. I don't care at this point. But I'm going to tell you you're wrong. If you want to drive Stefan Diggs out of Buffalo, here is the final statement I'm saying about this. Because I'm nipping it in the bud. If you want Stefan Diggs out of Buffalo, you're wrong. Thanks for trying to call. We're going to have to be tougher on that. Booty Cheek of the Week comes up next. Sports Talk Saturday, you're listening to WGR. You know a way to make sure I'd stop getting angry? This beautiful, stupid segment that I created. When my program director, Alan Davis, said you're, you're in the seat for Sports Talk Saturday going forward, he had no idea that I would weekly have a segment called the Booty Cheek of the Week. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, surprise guest Josiah Leroy here, Evan DePasquale on the board, and the Booty Cheek of the Week, which I wish was brought to you by something, but it's not. Josiah, we work at we work another job together. Can you get, let's get marketing on that? Brought to you by nothing. Brought to you by unfortunately nothing. That's the tagline. <laughs> I'll get right on that. Yeah, let's go. We we could do this. We could totally convince our coworkers to spend money on us, right? Or the geek first. Just say it. Not a bad idea. My people will be in talk with your people. <laughs> but anyway, so this I'll is talk the, to you later. This is the, yes, exactly. <laughs> the booty cheek of the week. Uh, look. We could go with something easy, uh, like a Nikita Kucherov um, deciding he doesn't want to take part in the skills competition that he agreed to take part in. Um, Aaron Rodgers probably said something goofy. I don't know. But uh, our easy targets are their easy targets. But guess what? No, this time around, I'm going with someone else. Or something else, I should say. This is not a person today. For the booty cheek of the week. I'm sorry. Well, I guess people can be involved in this. Can we stop listening to a groundhog about winter? More so. It's a tradition. Uh, tradition be damned. Can we get can we get a badger that's more accurate than the groundhog? Can we get can we get a gopher that maybe can predict the weather better than my takes and jinxing powers? Can we have someone that's better than the shooting percentage of Zemgis Gergensen's? Can we pr- can we get like a raccoon that decides that it knows how to deal with the weather better than the free throw percentage of Shaquille O'Neal? So then we're going to call it Raccoon Day. I don't care what we call it. Hire a different groundhog. Phil and his line are frauds. 
I mean, the reason why Puxistani Phil has a success rate from the year 1969, nice, to now is 36%. Give me a percentage that is better than the drought Bills offense on third down. Give me someone or something. Give me an animal that is better at predicting the weather. Give me a different go give me a different groundhog line. This generation is the Dolphins. Phil's the Dolphins. Only predi- only gets the easy stuff right. What's Rocket Raccoon doing these days, you know? Right. The Guardians Rocket, are done. Rocket Raccoon is a certified genius. Why can't we get him? Or a raccoon. That's what I'm saying. Because this world deserves a trash panda telling us what to do. I'd sign up for that today. Yeah. Sign up for it yesterday. But no, we get the naked mole rat telling us that we're going to have six more, four more weeks of winter instead of six. I'm believing that the minute I see it. And yes, I know I might be jinxing myself. But guess what? Phil has as good of a success rate as me. That's saying something. And we're the ones that decide, oh, it's my tradition. You know what else was a tradition? Our lawyers told us not to say this next part. <laughs> you know what else is tradition? The Pro Bowl. And look what became of that. You know what else is tradition? Bad referee calls in Chiefs games. You know what else is tradition right now? The Sabres not making the playoffs. Exactly where I was going. I didn't want to be the one to say it. Let's go. I'm, yeah, let's. I'm, tradition. No. Move, grow up. It's 2024. Let's stop listening to a bit. To, like. Let's stop listening to a beaver, okay? They should spice it up. It's yeah. kind of quite boring. Right. And it's not good news. And honestly, who cares, really? I'm sorry. And you're lifting this groundhog like it did something. Ooh, He's running away from his shadow. shadow. Yeah. You're right. We're, we're praising a groundhog for being a coward. Why don't we get a brave one, you know? <laughs> exactly. What are we doing? What are we doing? Not enough. That's the answer. It's moments like these where I'm like, okay, the meteor can hit. It's been a good run. I am Groot. <laughs> like, like, this is what we do to, to predict our winters. There, there, that's how bored we are. That's how bored we are. Like, we're like, ooh, what's going to happen? Come on. Grow up. Grow up. No, I will not follow the format clock here. I'm complaining about a groundhog. Let me live my life. I just, it's its the weirdest tradition we have as the human race. If the aliens looked at this and said, okay, someone explain this to me. Okay, so there's this groundhog. And he looks at his shadow, looks for his shadow. And if he sees it, he runs away. And allegedly that means that the weather is going to be a certain way. So you're relying on an animal that relies on its instincts when it sees its shadow, it just... Can we stop? Puxistani Phil is the biggest fraud since the Miami Dolphins. Biggest fraud since Ralph Kruger. No, because that one was at least, like, we all knew that that was probably going to end in disaster. Or at least many pundits thought it was going to end in disaster. We were hopeful because we were fools. But... I was one of them. I mean, same, but... 
the big thing is this. Everyone's, everyone believes this groundhog and its lineage, by the way. Is that a thing? Yeah. Is it really? I mean, come on. Groundhogs don't live for like 50 years. Well, of course not. But like, it's just always the same. Uh, yeah. No. Same line. 36%. Wow. Yeah. They really got the market cornered there. Right? But like, but you're doing so well with it. Yeah. Give me machines. One in three. Machines do such a better job. Well, machines, not AI. I was just going to say. Got to differentiate. <laughs> got to differentiate. I want something that has a higher score than the Suicide Squad game got reviews. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Mr. Kramer. Well and done. with that, we got to get to a break. We'll be back. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, why Josiah is here again today. And, um, of course, get into more of... Your calls, your takes, your tweets. Sports Talk Saturday rolls on. Down with Puxistani Phil here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 